It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to uh, Tyrus and the Midnight Riders. Uh, <laughs> just feel as a more of a you know than the and wise the men dog. because I feel like um, to be honest with you, um, Aaron, some of his answers are. There's been some issues. Really like, beyond wise. It, yeah. Beyond wise. Yeah, that's a word for it. So, beyond, yes. Uh, not in the scope yeah. of the definition but, of but wise. Midnight, yes. in the same manner. Yeah. Midnight writers could be misconstrued in certain social settings. Well, that's what I'm going for. I want everyone to think that. Other than what we want. Well, no, I'm good. me and Jeezy are good with it because it shows that we're willing to work with anyone. Yeah, I guess I'm the mid- <laughs> I guess I'm the midnight. I'm the midnight. Who's the rider? No, I'm talking uh, they are the criminals. <laughs> Oh, you know, because it's it's open season on white folks, in case you guys weren't aware. Well, you know what? I am ethnically ambiguous. Yeah, okay, that's just another word for white. Which, but which, by the way, is an actual thing now in in the um, the film world. Like when you check, oh, like what roles can you play? Like they're ethnically ambiguous, which is just it's interesting. Like we're we're at a point where it's that. Yeah, you detailed. can play a you can play a, a used car salesman from Dubai, and you can play a used cars man from Florida. Basically, that's what you're saying, Aaron. Funny thing is, you're not wrong. No. Funny thing. Hey, so I was watching a I was watching a clip, and uh, I, I was laughing my ass off about about it, and uh, and uh, lo and behold, Aaron was in it, hmm. and. Um, what was the name of the show, Aaron? Because I forgot. But um, the reason why is because I was at Starbucks uh, a couple weeks ago and I went to pay for my food and my, my drink. And they're like, oh, no, no, the person in front of you paid for it. And they said, thanks for what you do on TV. And I was like, awesome. And then my daughter said, Daddy, it's like that skit. You got to drive around real fast and order 55 burgers and 55 <laughs> drinks. And I was like, what? And then she was like, um, Auntie Aaron was on it, and I was like, oh, "Stop it! I didn't have eyeliner on the episode." I okay, like but you Aaron. understand why she calls you that, and it's fine. It's fine. I, I don't. There's no judgment here. You wore the eyeliner, and now you I'll have a nine-year-old who calls you affectionately, Auntie Aaron, and that's fine. I don't have, you know, it's fine. It, it is what it is. It's the, you know, I'm glad that I'm raising my children to be accepting and not, you know, brood or make fun of you or anything. It's a so, term of endearment. Yes, it is. You know, and again, as a guy who's ambiguous, this you should be fine with this. I said Very ethnically ambiguous. ambiguous, not gender ambiguous. Okay. I well, a, I, look, I'm a man, and you know what? And I, 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 I accept that term endearment, and the eyeliner is a character choice. Yeah, well. I stand by it. Yeah, okay, well, hey. Tell that to a nine-year-old. Some call lifestyle choice. You call character choice. It's all good, man. We're all, you know, it's wrestling. Everybody's gay sometimes. So it's all good. Um, But, um, you know, she was like, uh, Aaron, that that show Aaron was on. So uh, I was like, oh, yeah. I I, I remember then I watched it back again. And um, unknowingly, because you know what we do, uh, because we're men, we don't actually talk. We just send each other clips of stuff. Uh, (laughs) Okay. 
And I yep. sent the clip, and I, I didn't realize it, you know. And uh, uh, I think it was Kevin Nash coming back. He's like, "Isn't that Sandow?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it actually is." It, it pains me to say he did a good job, but he he really did a good job. It was a really well, good with the clip. Red lights on, so am I. I mean, that's that's the only time. The red, yes, of course. But uh, no, it, it is so funny because that shit. Like I have gotten more people that have said, "Oh, I like." It's, be, it's becoming legendary. I gotta be honest with you. It, it really is funny. That's it's so it's weird, entertaining man. as hell. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's like a, what skit is this? On the um, drive through. Somebody send it to me, please. Yeah, it's, it's from I think you should leave. You can go check it out. It's on Netflix too, G's. Oh. But I'll, I'll send you. Okay. One. Cool. But right. yeah, and Aaron's got the best line of the whole thing is like, "Hey, this guy's trying to do a a pay it forward," and the person <laughs> peels out and gets the hell out of the line. I thought I thought that mm-hmm. was pretty funny, but uh, hey, it's uh, well, hey man, you know what? Thanks for watching. But it was it was cool and it was uh, it was interesting because it's like entertainment's so weird, right? Um, and in with other projects I've been in that have been a little more kind of mainstream, where like you'll get recognized, like oh yeah, I saw you here and there, but like when something like that it goes viral, it's just I've never kind of experienced anything like that outside of wrestling to where. Like, people recognize you from that skit. Yep. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, you don't know, like, I have, like, a bunch of action figures in my own Lego set, do you? Like, you think I'm just, you know, that guy. So it's it's, it's cool, but it's it's just weird, right? Like, how um, in wrestling, we're so trained to, like, that little microcosm um, in that, like, world we live in. Um, but then, like, there's such a broader audience out there. So that was my first real kind of brush with, like, being recognized from... Something outside the squared than... circle yeah yeah or eyeliner yeah it is well, it got, is weird i got a question is it frustrating because in the wrestling business we're all working to create moments like that like every time we go out to have a match we're all trying to create like that moment to stand out is it weird that like you did something outside of wrestling and you just i'm, I'm assuming you went into that just like any other acting gig where it's like, hey, I'm going to do my best, and if it picks, something goes well, it goes well. But And then you do something like that, and it just takes off. Is it weird for you? Uh, well, it's, no, it's because it's one of those things, right, where, like, in all of us, and, I mean, you know, Tyrus, you Maybe can this, like, geez, right? Like, we've all had stuff that's kind of gotten more attention. And as, as artists, like, Trevor and I were talking about this to where, like, that Knights of the Round Table thing, that was, in my opinion, one of the best executed finishes to a match because there were so many things involved and it didn't get like like it didn't get the attention we thought it would i mean it got a lot of attention but it wasn't like oh something like that right when this like anything that you just kind of go and do it's testament in my opinion to like having good writers right to where like in wrestling we get our script and and, or, or we get the marching orders we do what we do um, when it comes to like the Hollywood thing, like you are definitely working within much narrower margins than you would because you know um, the the writing team they have their thing, they have a script supervisor, and then there's editing. Like after you shoot everything, you know how how a piece is edited will make or break it. So like there's so many different things that go into it, and like so to me, you know every performance just kind of forget about the cameras, let everyone do their job and do it. And then when something happens, I, I kind of be like, yeah, like, what did you expect? Like, I put everything I had into it. Um, mm-hmm. And you're grateful, but you go on. I'll shut up now. So when, no, no, so no. when, so when both of y'all, like Aaron and Tyrus, like when y'all both 
started doing films and stuff like that, I'm assuming that both of y'all were comfortable right from the jump, right? And then, and then like with scripts and everything, did you have the mentality of like like right away sort of wanting to put stuff in your own words and then just like like saying certain stuff that was in the script or did you like sort of like uh, put stuff in your own words? You know? uh, so the first film that I did was uh, No One Lives. And um, so in wrestling, it's you're always taught, you know, make it your own because mm-hmm. you only got one shot. You know whether it's a promo, your your most your most important match is your first match because uh, you have to set the tone for greatness mm-hmm. if you're going to reach that. You know you have a bad match uh, on TV, you got to go through a whole week of being the shits, and there's no getting that back. And in some cases, you don't get that opportunity back. So right. it's, uh, wrestling's a lot more stressful in terms of like you literally have one take, even if it's a pre-tape. If it if if you have like SmackDown when I was there wasn't live right and the main event and superstars were pre-recorded, but you couldn't have five retakes on a promo because that's going to get back and like it took him five takes to do this. They don't have time yeah. for that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like you get mm. one two on a pre-tape, but if it's in it, but if you just keep fumbling it, they're like this dude can't do a pre-tape. How the hell is he going to do yeah. Monday Night Raw or a pay-per-view? So. The pressure's on. The problem with with acting, or the I'll go with the similarities first. Like you get your sides right, so you don't have the whole script. Uh, you get the sides for the day when you get in your trailer, and you'll see. Now I've always prided myself on always knowing my lines, and the same thing with the WWE. If you don't know it, you better have a good uh, ad uh, adverb in there to to make it look like you do know it. You know. So, um, but what I wasn't prepared for is because in wrestling, when you nail it, that's it. You pack up, you go home. In acting, mm-hmm. you nail it, and then you got to shoot it from a different angle, and then you got to shoot uh-huh. it from their side, and you got to shoot it from the other side, and you have to keep up that first-take mentality. You can't half-ass it. You know, you can't go, well, I already did it, so I'm just going to do this. And if you decide to go off on your own and invent stuff, understand the other person has memorized the lines also. And if you change the line, they might panic because most – I'm not. this is not a dig, but most of my experience with actors is unless they are an improv comic, they really don't like to go off script at all uh, because they've been, mm. preparing, been preparing their character for this specific statement. Now, there are some movies where I was allowed to kind of do my thing, uh, the comedy I did with Mike Epps and, and – um, uh, the, the whole cast, it was improv, and the, the, the lines were more suggestions to see what you got, and I excelled at that. But again, the problem is you got to remember what the hell you said when you said it. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to do it 16 mm-hmm. more times. So that's the yeah. biggest thing where wrestlers sometimes struggle is they'll knock the first take out. And then after they've done it nine times, it's not the same. Or... Uh, we're all, we used to be accused of overacting everything. Like we tried to be bigger than life characters, and while that works in an arena, it doesn't come off very well on stage. So um, yes, that's one of the that's one of the things that the stigma against us. But we have so many wrestlers who have transitioned to acting now that are box office draws. You think of Batista, you think of Cena, you think of Rock. 
uh, youth, um, guys that are that are up and coming uh, who are doing well. I think I think Dolph Ziggler is going to do very well uh, in the acting world, uh, and he'll get a lot of love movies and hallmarks. I'm sure because he's Dolph, mm. you know, Ziggler. Yeah. But <clears throat> and um, there's also been guys where it didn't quite work out for. So, but when you see these guys to the point where The Rock and and Cena were arguably top five box office draws in the country. Yep. You know, and um, that's no, you know, Roman Reigns started doing some some TV stuff and, and movie stuff. Uh, I've had a pretty successful career on TV and movies and and um, all that crap. But you... Well, the, the experience kind of translates. Like, you can't take the wrestling experience and go into the, like, trade world. But if you, it's very similar, right? Like the, what we do in the back as a wrestler. When you develop a character, yeah, um, yeah, it's very yeah. similar. Uh, there's there's some differences in terms of your preparation. I think the best thing as an actor is to know everything on that script, so you can react. It's not just about knowing your lines; it's knowing what the guy. And that's where being a wrestler helps you because you have to know what the guy's doing or thinking at least. When you're in the ring with them, and there's a certain, but see, mm-hmm. re- wrestling is has a has a recipe. It's like how you make the difference between making a cake that everybody wants every year and making a cake that tastes like you know you probably shouldn't have baked it. Is you know how to stick to the recipe. You know if you were a complete stranger, if me and Aaron are in the ring and we've established that Aaron's a heel and I'm the babyface, mm-hmm. then we're we're gonna know that in the beginning I'm gonna out wrestle him and give him a reason to be upset and to cheat. So we'll establish that right away. And at some point, I know that he's going to have to do something underhanded to me, even if we never talk to each other in the back, that I know at some point I'm going to have to get cut off and he's going to be able to get some heat. So there's a formula there that we're able to, to stick to, and we know where we're going. So we know where, when we know where we're going together, you'll run off and you'll be able to have a really good match that's natural and flows and doesn't seem so rehearsed. I think that's the biggest problem in wrestling today is you have a lot of rehearsed matches that the fans just see through. And they're just waiting for spot after spot. And then the guys start rushing and don't sell shit. I've seen guys get hit with a pile driver, kick out at one, and then get up and shoot a guy off. And it's like you're destroying the magic because you rehearsed it in the back that way. And it doesn't translate well with the audience. Acting is the same thing, except you have to maintain it the whole entire time. That's the difference between great actors and guys who do a couple things and they kind of disappear. So you have to maintaining. That's the, the biggest word. Wrestling is, is yeah. maintaining uh, on the fly and, and acting is maintaining with repetition. I guess that's the best way that I don't know, Aaron, you might want to chime in there, but that's the best way to do it. And it's through your preparation is the same. It's just, yeah. you understand that you got to keep doing it with acting. Yeah. Like, like what I found, like, you know, the game is the same. The geography changes, right? Like right. to where, you know, to like to Trevor's question where in in wrestling, especially, you know, in um, in companies that are a, a little more um, TV present, right? Like WWE, um, AEW. Well, actually, I, I can't speak for AEW, but um, so let's just we'll stick with WWE where you are taught to like no matter what, get the job done. You know, because look, there's no greater pressure as an entertainer, truly. Um, so you you are on live television, by the way, in your underpants. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, in but like, like straight up, right? And like you have to go 
and look like you are beating somebody up and you like in acting too, right? Like where, um, you know, on set there's camera angles. Like one of the first jobs I did was uh, for a show called Midnight Texas, where I was a, uh, I was playing this demon and uh, I was actually a hairdresser in my real person persona. That's believable. I, yes. Um, I, I actually, I do have a, a nice head of hair on me now. Thank you, a Dr. hairdresser? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I, was, I was a demon hairdresser, right? And, so it's wow, just another night in Ebor for you. Right. Pretty much. Well, yeah. minus the hairdresser, yeah. yes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, it, it was like, okay, cool. And, and you have, you know, your marching orders and stuff. So we go to do, like, the rehearsal for the fight scene. And, and you know, you, we can all attest to this. Um, we're like, when we go, like, to throw a punch and not hit someone – we have to make it look like we're actually hitting them. Uh, Donnie, and, I, 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 let me stop you right there. Again, Trevor, I apologize. You were supposed to duck. So, okay. <laughs> Hold it right there. We'll be back in a hot minute. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Continue. Continue, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so like it, 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 was, yeah. it, it was a little shocking and the fight coordinator kind of like oh when I, I went and like we were rehearsing it and I just go to throw a punch he's like oh no wait a minute we have camera angles and this and that I'm like oh sorry but then they, they kind of found out a little bit about my history and they, they started laughing and, and the cool thing was they incorporated like some of that stuff into the, the scene which was I, I, I thought cool so it's just a kind of matter of like understanding the um, the geography, right, and like who's who, um, who kind of runs this. Like I would equate it, right? Now, did you do this, Tyrus, too? To where, like, when you're on set, you're like, okay, this guy's Vince, this guy is Hunter, this guy is like a Karate, right? Like did, you had like the wrestling pecking order. Like I don't know, did you do that? Because I did. I, I kind of did. Like I am, I am Vince, and everyone else is about to get fired <laughs> when it came <laughs> to the fight scenes. And uh, in the movie, no one lives. And I think I told you this. Uh, the actor uh, was afraid of me, and uh, because I was playing my character pretty good. And you know, wrestling when you live the gimmick. As soon as I came on set, I was a psycho, a psychopath murderer who just mean mugged everybody. So I stayed in character. Just sat in my chair and stared at him, and like when we get ready to do our fight scene, I just grinned <laughs> at him, and uh, he was like, "Method acting." Yeah, and so he was supposed to kick me uh, in the nuts and block my punch, right? And I said, "You better use two hands, bro." And uh, he was like, "I don't understand what you mean by that." I said, "Kick me," and they wanted to get a harness to put on me, and I said, "Look, man, I'm a professional wrestler. This dude's what 130 pounds soaking wet." I said, you swing away, bruh. If I, and I told him where he could punch me. Punch me in the forehead, punch me here, punch me here, kick me here, just kick away, right? I said, we'll be fine. And the director was old school, so he was like, oh, fuck yeah. Kick him. That's like, great. You know? <laughs> and um, so he throws a punch, and it bounces off my head, and he's like, like that? You know, and he was like, I said, no, you can't, you can't be like, eat when you throw it. You got to throw it, bruh. I said, trust me, you knock me out. Hey, you're the baddest motherfucker on two legs, but I'm not worried about it. And uh, I'll roll with it. And uh, <laughs> so the and he kicked me. But again, you forget about repetition. 
So he kicks me in like the first 10, no big deal. But when it got around 13 and 15, he started like, it started getting to me a little bit because he keeps kicking me in the dick for back of, lack of a better term. And he's supposed to kick me on the thighs. Like, come on. But it was all good. The problem and was ain't trying to sell this guy either. Yeah. Right. Like, so I'm doing the thing. Right. And Trevor, I, I to fuck with him. I raise my hand to hit him and I raise it high because, you know, you raise it to the stars. Right. And yep. and uh, I hit the light with my fist and the light started going back and forth. And the director was like, whoa, that's it. Let's do that to where the light is flickering the whole time, right? So we got to reshoot the whole thing, right? <laughs> and so it ended up being like a 30-minute fight scene. And then when you watch the fight back on the movie, it's 15 seconds long. So it's like it's some of the words like you hate it. But once the, once the stunt director knows he's got a wrestler, he knows he's about to be able to do some that he's not normally able to do. So they get real excited. And the same thing happened uh, in that movie where I was launched. I took a back bump off a, a pressure thing that launches you like 12 feet in the air. And I was going through a, a shot. I got hit by a golf cart and knocked into a, a, a float, one of those jumper houses that looks like a shark mouth. And they even did the that Star Wars. Like fun. Oh, yeah, it is. But let me get to the fun part. <laughs> they uh, And it was fun because you land in the thing and you take a bump and everyone thinks it's great. And uh, they even did the Star Wars um, sound when I went got hit by the car. So it's, it's really great. So we rehearsed it a million times. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They press the button. It launches you. I, I go with it. Take the back bump. And uh, you see a big, big 300-pound guy, you know, flying in the air through a shark mouth. is awesome. So we did it. And the, the stunt tech, uh, the boss was there and his assistant. And they were so excited. So excited that they forgot to move the crash pad for the shot, which was different than the rehearsal. So I get launched off the 12 thing, 12 feet in the air, and the crash pad is not where it's supposed to be. I miss the crash pad, land on the concrete, and I'm just laying there and laying there. And I was just like, oh, my God, what? And I'm like, just tell me you got it. And they're like, oh, we got it. And the guy was like, I thought you had the crash pad. No, I thought you had the They were so busy watching that no one moved the crash pad for the shot. They had to move the cameras and everything else. So my tailbone was was fucked. And uh, I had to finish, uh, you know, shooting and stuff. And I'm, uh, But, you know, wrestlers, we don't sell nothing. You get, nope. you get in your dressing room, you curl up in a ball, and you try to feel better. And I remember, like, man, I need to get some aspirin or something. And I said that out loud to all the backstage roadies and help. And the acting world is, a lot, is not that different than, like, wrestling in the Attitude Era. <laughs> I came in after the shoot and there was four plastic bags of stuff uh, marked to take like this will make you sleepy this will make you hype and I was like damn and they're like oh they liked me so they laid out a bunch of like take two of these take one of these and I didn't even ask what was in the bag but I was like cool I guess I'll get through it you know and then uh but we got I got through the the shooting experience but that's the one thing with stunt doubles or stunt uh Stunt bosses is that when they see a wrestler, they get hyped because they know that you, one, do your own stunts. And uh, with me, I don't have a choice because finding a stunt double for me is impossible, damn near. And uh, so they... they Ligurski uh, could do it. Who? Oh, my God. Oh, no, that, no, I'm sorry. He just no. straight kicked you in the... D <laughs> Only because he has the same singlet as Tyrus, that's all. But he couldn't... Oh, that's Listen, horrible. listen, listen. You're going to have to work, Ligurski. I don't have to, so... I'll give him. I'm, I'm going to give him a hell of a pep talk, and we'll and we'll see what happens. Because I'm going to be like, listen, no one's going to believe you unless you swing through. 
Absolutely. No, you know what? Those of you who have not, those of you have not seen the fixers lately, uh, I think it's safe to say that Ligurski's turned it up a notch. Oh, for sure. And I, I was tough on him because I was like, you can't waddle around in the ring. Like you gotta move with purpose, you know, and 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 everything you do, and stop celebrating and shit. You're a monster. Like, don't leave the guy. You know, that's one of the things Arn Anderson instilled in me. Like, if you ever let a guy out of danger by walking away to acknowledge the crowd, you're as stupid as you look. Looking back, I didn't realize he was saying I was stupid. I looked stupid. But the point he was making was it's not – it's the intent of the heel that builds anticipation for the crowd. And when you take that from them, eh, he's not in danger. You know, he wouldn't. Yes. You you watch if you if you want to be a heel of any type of level, you need to sit down and watch at least fifty matches of Double A. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. You just watch his ringmanship in terms of placement. Everything, nothing he do is wasted, and even when he's not doing a move, he's still working the crowd. Like everything about him was, and that's why he got whenever a, a Rock and Roll Express or a Road Warrior hit Arn Anderson, the place went nuts because he was always standing around like that toughest guy in the bar. And and all of a sudden, when that guy got hit and he folded like a lawn chair, everybody registered with everybody because you just wanted to see him get hit because he was so arrogant with how tough he was. And doesn't matter if you're seven five. Or you're four two. If you have that type of presence, people will pay attention to you. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He well, definitely always had we, that presence. Definitely. And when like, a guy like Arn was selling for somebody, it made them. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, because like, he went from monster to coward, and that's what right. made it great. Like Dude. he, as soon as he got hit, he like dropped to his ass, rolled out of the ring, stared at his partner. You know, like Bro, whoa, hey, it. hey, you know, and you're like. <laughs> And you're registering, like, oh, you're not. And then the crowd, you're not so tough. And they're chanting. And the baby face is getting put over. And they haven't done anything but a punch. Mm-hmm. And you can, I, you watch a crowd reaction to Ole and Arn versus the, let's go with uh, the Rock and Roll Express or the Road Warriors. Let's go with the Road Warriors because then, you know, and. You watch a tag match now. Now, the tag match now is going to have at least five high-flying moves. And I'm, I think I'm being moderate on that. And you see if any of those high-flying moves get the same reaction as a baby face getting a hope spot against Arn and Ole Anderson. Yeah. Or a hot tag. Right. Or a hot tag, yeah. yeah. That always the first one they're not getting because the ref doesn't see it because Arn does something slick or Ole did something slick. And the crowd would just eat it up because they they forgot. And it's they're going to say, well, the internet. No, 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 no. It still happens. Jericho does it. Uh, we saw Edge and Christian just do it. Or Adam and Christian just do it. Uh, you know, we saw Cody and um, – uh, uh, the Asian cat, I always forget his name. They do it. They do it. You know, uh, pre, we're seeing it. You know, in, in NWA, every time uh, Trevor's in the ring, we see it. You know, Aaron, when you were in the ring, you know, but we seeing it with blunt force trauma. Even though we can't see their facial expressions, they're getting that same type of what are they going to do next? 
Yeah. You know, and, like, and, that, and that's and that's what you want when you're trying to create when you're trying to create an event where people watch, you know, Jeezy, everyone wanted you to get your ass kicked. They couldn't wait for you to get hit. And we never gave yeah. it to them. And then they finally got yeah. it at the chase. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, took a DD, took a DDT on the floor. And then this chick in the front row poured beer on my suit. Yeah. Oh, ah. Luckily for you, you know, it's not an expensive cleaning bill. Cause you were, you know, long, you long, cut? tall, it was Trevor's wife, to be fair. But it wasn't my wife at all. Just because she said, hey, I'm not Trevor's wife and poured a beer on him doesn't mean it wasn't Trevor's wife. I'm just uh, your family I, fears nothing. Know. I literally yeah. tried to threaten your youngest child. And he didn't even look up from his Game Boy. You know, he, he literally was like, no, no, hey, Tyrus, how are you? How's everything? Yeah, okay, you can beat up my dad, he was uh, whatever. To let his big brother take the shot. Yeah, sure. oh, yeah, no like, problem. Oh. Didn't think twice about it. He was like, I'm not missing this game, you know. But, no, that's, that, that was a good time, man. Yeah, because you look back at that, and, and Aaron, it's like, in this day and age, you will remember the matches that they that the crowd was a part of. Like you will, that is your greatest. You will have a thousand matches in your career if you're lucky. And you will be sitting there one day and you'll start giggling, thinking back about a match. And there's two, there's two matches that will always stand out to me. And, and one is Biloxi with Aaron. And two was the buildup that I did with you going into uh, the chase. Because. Because there was no support. There was even people within the organization that weren't happy with their spot trying to do everything they could to make it look bad. And not only did we sell it out, it was national news. It was on the cover of Yahoo. And everybody knew I was going to win. And it didn't happen. And that switch... They even thought it was we they thought it was gonna be over in 30 seconds. And honestly, sometimes I think, what if I didn't kick? How that would have blown yeah. everybody's mind. But then I was like, I don't want to wait another three months to wrestle Trevor. So <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you get out there, the best matches is with your buddies, man, because you'll just go all out, you know, because you're having fun. And you know that you're not in a ring with somebody who's gonna go into business for themselves, you know, and all that type of shit. But you think of those matches, and that's when it's like, you know what? It was worth that because if I'm still – and I'll get stopped. I get stopped by people all the time, and they'll be like, hey, this match, that match. And uh, it's more important than some fucking marks on the internet. When a kid stops me who's an adult now and says, hey, man, I used to dance to the Funkasaurus, like it feels good. I don't sure. remember the, the – well, you're not going to be champion with this gimmick. You know, I don't remember that anymore i don't think about that anymore so when you have those moments uh and we all have them you know i still think about the time when i told jeezy there was no way in those tight ass white jeans that he was going to be able to hit a drop kick across the ring and he was mm-hmm. like bet okay <laughs> the only oh, thing all right the only was thing that was the same match he bounced aaron around in the ring Nah, this was uh, this was early. Oh, was like, this was against scion and the cold that part was, was oh, he, he okay, hits okay. it was a street fight and he hits the damn uh, drop kick, right? And instead of rolling out of the ring, he comes over to me and he's like, you see that? You see that? Uh, I hit him, right? Perfect. And I was like, uh, 
yeah, awesome. Get the hell out of the rig, man. <laughs> like, appreciate. <laughs> I just want to make sure you saw that. Yeah, yeah, I got you, bro. I got you. You know, um, fun time. But yeah, but you think of those moments, and I think um, that's why you do it. And it's not about what some idiot on the internet says, you know, and I, I laugh at that. You know, when I see a guy who has no wrestling experience at all, has a podcast on wrestling, it just makes me laugh. You know, and I, I get asked all the time to do those podcasts. And my answer is always the same. No, if I wanted to talk wrestling, I'd talk to my wrestling buddies, you know, I would, or an actual fan that went to the show, not someone who, especially, yeah. It's especially when like they host their podcast, they're not in the business. They're just a fan. But they'll start talking about stuff like they're in the business, and they'll start trashing. They'll start trashing other fans, like uh, like, yeah. like like they're like they're superior to them. They don't realize how, how foolish they sound every time they do it. And then when they don't get their way, that's my favorite part is when they don't get their way. When their favorite mm-hmm. wrestler doesn't win, then the whole business is terrible. You know, and they go through their the reasons why you should never watch wrestling, or they'd say a guy sucks because he's not getting the right push, and they use the even use the terminology wrong. But uh, and they're all leading experts, but yet they can't do it. And I think that's the tune in next week. Yeah, but that's the thing they can't do it, and um, we're seeing that now where people who can't people who can't do things they always shit on when they can't do. And when they feel like they're a part of it, because I always hear like, oh, man, would, is, would you come on my podcast? Because I, I want to help. I think I have some angles for you. You know, I'm like, I don't need any. I'm good, bro. Like, you know, like, yeah. go do it. You know so much about the business. You know how to get over. You know all the tools to do it. You know everything that's wrong with wrestling. Go. Triple A should be waiting to sign your ass. Like, thank God you got here when you did. Here's my problem. How do I get Drew McIntyre over? <laughs> Thanks for asking. I'm glad. All right. Now, here's what we're going to do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like it's it's funny, right? In acting, they say those that can't do teach, and in wrestling, those that can't do preach. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, oh yeah. yeah. Yep. We see it a lot. Doesn't that seem to be like not just in wrestling, like across the board? Yeah. General. Oh yeah. You take it in any situation today. Hold it right there. We'll be back in a bit. Actually, you know what? I got a story that I was uh, that we're going to talk about on the Gutfell show. Uh, did y- y'all hear about the mayor? Uh, in Boston. So uh, she's Asian, right? And normally race shouldn't matter. But she decided to have a minorities-only Christmas party. No whites party. No white people allowed, right? Oh, wow. But she sent the email, her intern or whatever, sent the email to everyone. So so whites whites not allowed, right? And uh, when she was asked about it, she doubled down and was like, well, um, we're trying to create a safe space for everyone. Uh, everyone, unless you're white. So we're seeing the ignorance of of so-called leadership. You're an equity hire, and you got, you got elected by white people and well as minorities in Boston. And Boston has a history, and I, I grew up there. Uh, Boston has a history of race issues. And when the mayor is doing it, and for some reason it seems to be okay now to be racist against white people with absolutely no proof or evidence 
other than saying something that happened 400 years ago, and you don't even know if that white person was even, or his family or ancestry was even a part of it. I mean, you black now, you might have been white then or something else. I mean, if you're white now, if you got curly hair, you need to check your tree. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, but it's a feeling based instead of facts. And she's literally doubling down on it, trying to act like she was trying to make a safe place. And I'm like, anybody who works for her that's white should quit and demand that she steps down because that's as racist as it gets. When you start excluding a group, how can you tell a David Duke or a super white nationalist that they're wrong when you're seeing as soon as a person of color gets into leadership, they're doing the same shit that they were doing. Well, isn't that the definition of racism? Yeah. What she's doing? But, but because because they, they've passed this thing. And it's, here's the cold part. It's by white people that start. It's these rich liberal elites that are leading the charge that all white people are wrong except them because they got to be in charge of the minorities, which is just unpacking that shit just blows my mind. <sighs> Yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you know, uh, numbers don't lie. And this is, well, I'll I'll leave it at that. And if we look at the track record of um, the last, let's say, seven years of our country, right? How when when you look at like different communities thriving, um, those numbers, I think, just simply reflect the facts. And now, like in the last, you know, three years, we have become more divided or excuse me um there's been a lot of people trying to push divide like that and and it's thickening when at that level uh that you can put something out again excluding people and then you know condemning people for kind of the same principles you know And, and and again the principle is wrong in my opinion to exclude someone based on race and and that is kind of like I think speaks to just how delusional that uh, it's a Christmas party of people have become. Ain't nobody's supposed to be excluded. Like there's only fifteen of them, Trevor. Jesus that's, Christ! That's so crazy. half of them were white. So you're gonna have six people sitting in a room together eating hors d'oeuvres, staring at the Xerox machine, wondering who's gonna do something dumb first. And everybody knows the person who usually does something dumb first is a white person. So you've literally ruined the party because nobody gets a party going better than than a white person with a couple glasses of wine in them. Everybody knows this. This is the rules of parties. You get a couple beers in Trevor, all of a sudden Hooters has become very different. If you get me, yeah, if you get me drinking, boys, it's all like doggy. You know, you're saying weird and sayings we've never heard of before, you know, and it's just, it's great. And you always have a cousin named Mordecai. It's always great stories. You know what I'm saying? And we miss out on all that, you know, and then Aaron starts getting, Aaron gets seductive and quiet and starts looking around and like, you're supposed to know what he's thinking and you have no clue. And that's when I look over and Jeezy, I'm like, whose idea was to come to this party? Yeah, you had a. But you can't guy? leave because if it's just me and Jeezy stuck there, if the yes, we're gonna have an all black uh, Tyrus and the Wise Men slash Midnight Riders Christmas party. It's just me and Jeezy staring at each other. That party sucks. 
But you throw yeah, Aaron and Trevor in there and give Aaron uh, <laughs> oh. give Aaron some wine and Trevor a couple of beers. Before it's over, they're going to be shirtless wrestling all over the studio, and and I can leave early because I'll have an excuse. Like, they're being ridiculous, Jeezy. I'm trusting you're going to clean this up. I'm out. But hey, no. Jeezy, you got this. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> And then, wow. geez, you know what I'm saying? But, like, they've ruined the whole point of the party is ruined. Like, it's absolutely well, ruined. Like, you, well, nobody hey. gets down at a party like the white guys. So, for me, yeah, personally, I think it's just it's an affront to the whole definition of what it is to party. Yeah. If there was yeah, ever a time you needed a white guy and preferably a... two or three, it's a good party. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. confused about right now? Like, because I am, quote, ethnically ambiguous. Would I have been invited to this party? I got to confer with Jeezy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know how to make Yeah, I don't know. Like, if we don't invite you. Yeah, it you is hot ad. Christmas, man. Everybody. But he's from Boston also, so I feel like he's a Massachusetts kid. Well, I'm from, I'm from a small town, not from Boston. I'm, yeah, I'm no, no, I know, outside of Boston, yeah, but... Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we still, we, we kind of have to. Cause, and here's the thing. You're known for showing up unannounced just to make a point. So I'd yeah, rather prepare myself because you would show up just to let everyone know you weren't invited. Oh, yeah. I'd have some kind of a cape on. Yeah. You'd be like, or- oh, well, I th- oh, geez. So there is a party. Hmm, interesting. Love yeah. to stay, but I'm on my way to Ebor. So I'm you out. Know. Now, speaking of know. Christmas parties, was uh, was Tyrus and the Wiseman uh, invited to the Fox Christmas party. So funny thing, all the Christmas parties at Fox are on Fridays, and I go home on Uh Fridays. So I couldn't take that personally. I could be like, oh, you don't want a brother at at the thing, so you schedule whatever happened to Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? I'm just assuming that Friday just works better for the mass, and in this case, the minority, because, yes, I'm the minority, and also I'm the only one who has to fly to Louisiana every week. And I can't say, hey, I'm staying an extra night in New York because it's a Christmas party I got to be at. Just in, there's no way of, of getting that hall pass. You know what I'm saying? So I don't yeah, even ask. At least by yourself. At least not by yourself. Yeah, you know, but it's just, have you ever been, you know, just, you know. It's, let's be real. Yeah, let's be real. Like, no one – let's – come on, fellas. I ain't you, getting that pass your better half, Your better half is, is with you at the Christmas party. And you just gonna sit there like it's your mom at school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're not gonna say yeah. nothing. You're not gonna joke around. You'll see a couple of your buddies are like laughing and drinking. You'll be like, "Look at that childish shit over there!" Like, look at him. Makes me sick. You know. Speaking of parties, they're happy as hell. Speaking of holiday parties, I'd like to share a little anecdote about our fearless leader Tyrus. There was one year where Santino and I. We threw when we had that townhouse in Tampa. Yes, like the mother of all New Year's Eve parties. I mean, we we had cooked on the big green egg. Yes, we had baked side dishes. I mean, it was a gala. It, it, it was on, a New Year's Eve gala. Let's. It was a, an event. It went on till seven in the morning. Yes, and then we continued through the weekend. So, like everyone knows that you and I don't hang out outside of wrestling. We don't no. take pictures together. No, and we like it that way. That's yes. You guys were in your twenties, right? While this is no, going 30. on, thirties, thirties, yeah, something okay. like that. Twenty-ish, thirty-ish, something like that. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> so, 
Santino, like we we invite, we're like, hey, because we were riding together at the time, but like we had to extend the invitation. So we're there, and I mean, this is this is one of the top five like parties we've ever thrown between the two of us. It's amazing. And Tyrus just, dude, he sent us a picture of those those jumbo like clear bucket of cheese balls on the table with nothing else, and just that was his reply. And uh, yeah, that was his. Uh, hey man, it's party of the year. We want you to be here. Everyone's asking for you. Are you coming? And I was sitting at a shitty party uh, that I didn't want to be at, and uh, I just took a picture of the cheese balls on the table and sent it to him. And I thought that would set it all. And I guess that to them meant I was bringing cheesy puffs and I was on my way. No. <laughs> we knew what was up. Well, we Aaron knew. Santino didn't know. Santino was always the hopeful, he's coming. He's that kid who's like, everyone's telling him your dad's not coming, but he's like, no, no, he's coming. He's my dad's coming. And his dad has never came to anything, but he, this was the time. And then as soon as they're like, see, I'm sorry, your dad didn't come. No, it's okay. He got caught up at work. He'll be at the next one. Like that's that's Santino. He would always invite me. And I finally on one fateful night did show up. Uh, I had a couple pieces of meat. Aaron, I told Aaron, please have the good taste to not tell anyone I've been here. Um, mm. And then he's like, well, mm-hmm. we're just getting started. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm just going to run out of the car real quick. Um, and I'll be right back. And of course... I did not come back. But yeah. that's just I'm not a party guy. I've never I I hate parties. You know what I hate about them? I hate small talk with people I would never talk to. I fucking hate it. It's the worst. like they're talking to me. It's like literally the only it's like a gazelle comes up to a lion and is like talking to him knowing full well if there was any other situation a lion would eat them on the spot. But I can't eat them at this time because park ranger got a gun on me. So I'm just chilling, listening to them talk about like Watching their nephew grow up, and I, I want to throw up in my mouth a little bit, and I just, I, I just so, and eventually my looks betray me, and I'm looking at him like fuck off, and it's just, it's my anti-social personality, whatever. So it's better for me just not to be there. And I tell them, look, you don't want me there. I'm gonna say some shit eventually that's gonna offend everybody. So just do yourself a favor, don't invite me. I'm not offended. And so Fox came up with an idea of having Christmas parties for on Fridays because they know Tyrus won't be there because he has to go home and therefore don't hurt anybody's feelings. It's a beautiful, beautiful situation. I even give, I give my birthday parties away to my kids. Like, who wants it this year? I just never liked parties. I was never a big party guy. Well, we don't throw those kind of parties. No. Our parties are a little different. Yeah. I'm going to talk about but that. I do, I do understand, like, almost the social awkwardness because a lot of those people that you see, you probably wouldn't even, if you walked past them down the, down the street, you, you wouldn't say hi. You wouldn't talk to them. No. And you're almost forced to interact with them. And some of the shit is like, you know, I'm just bitter. You know, I, I used to go to the clubs all the time and uh, have my best gear on and stuff. And someone still asked me where the bathroom's at or what time I get <laughs> off or like, what's the cover charge on Wednesday nights? And is there is there, are there uh, discount drinks because they assume I work there, so I used to get I used to get that a lot. I I did not. I, it was annoying. And then and then literally a fight would break out. And one of the bodyguards like, "Yo, come on, let's get this guy out of here." And I'm like, "I'm not working." <laughs> <laughs> so no, just you know. Then I help the. Don't get that now, right? Well, I don't put myself in that situation anymore. I have not been to a club of any kind. I think the closest thing I was at once was I went, it was on the road somewhere 
and we went into a Chili's, and it was hip-hop night. I think that's the closest <laughs> to a club I've been at. And even then, I was like, why Why do we have to listen to three Montel Jordan songs in a row? Like, that's oh, right. wow. like what kind of hip-hop, hip-hop night are, you, are they having at Chili's? Like a- <laughs> It's a DJ, it's lights. The only upside was appetizers were 50% off. That was the only upside, and I couldn't eat my chicken fiesta dinner fast enough. Uh, Tell me there was an old couple at the bar just bobbing their heads. There was at least 12 old couples at the bar. They were just dancing. Uh, There was was (laughs) ladies there that were wearing the outfits that they wore 10 years ago. Uh, uh, you know, and they tight rolled jeans. Yeah, and they're kind of hanging out. They're hanging out the sides. You know, it was like muffin top season. I think. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, wow. you know, it's 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 hey, Jeezy, it's Chili's hip hop night. Okay, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, there's no hey, cover. Aaron. You got to have a hey, cover Aaron. charge at the club. God love them. God love them hey, for having a good time hey, letting God. it loose. Yeah. Hey, Aaron, what what type of music do you play at those vampire parties? You be throwing. Uh, well, uh, you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not going to uh, confirm on any of that. But if if I did, um, it would very much like be. I think more of a gothic industrial vibe, like typo negative, uh, cell dwell, oh, that God. kind of thing. But I don't. I don't do that. Uh, Here's the thing I about was, Aaron. Aaron can bust out some some rap shit if he needs to, because hey, he man, spent well, so much time on the road with me. And then the problem was he started like saying shit at work. So the shit that I gave him clearance to say in the car with me, he was walking in the building like what it is, oh, you know, break bread and play dead, you know. And uh, I had uh, Bobby Lashley pull me aside. I was like, hey, man, you seen Aaron lately? I was like, yeah. He's like, he's Mr. Hip Hop and shit. I was like, for real? I hadn't noticed that. I'll keep an eye out on that shit. And I had to go over to him like, hey, man, what you doing? He's like, what? I said, what you hear what? in the I car, you know, and he's like, I got you, brother. Click clack, make them all kick back. I'm like, hey, man, yeah. you need to stop that. We thugs to the end, I mean, right? I, like, hey, hey, hey. Slow well, down, I don't Bruce. say that one. No, 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 not to say that. One, no, it's implied. Yes. No, I mean, I mean, I can't help it, man. My rhymes are so sharp. I cut myself talking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like and he the hitting with the you know. But the thing is, when he says it to me, or when he says it to another brother, he always looks at his partner in crime, Santino. Like, hey, watch this. Hey, Tyrus, what it is? And then looks back, like, right, right. See, I know the lingo. I'm communicating. Like he's he's acting like he's Jane Goodall in the jungle, and he just connected with with the this monster. You know, like, watch this. Look at look at. I can talk to him. You know, and it, like, no. No. <laughs> I just, you know what, man? You know, like if a fight broke out, Aaron would be the type of like, hold on, guys, let me, uh, let me chill out, let me chill, let me, let me talk to him, let me talk to him. Oh. You know, I got this, guys. Like the scene from Airplane. Yeah, like, yeah. No, what it is, no. what it is, Tyrus, chill out, my baby. Hey, look, man, look, I know the whitey's tripping. I got you, bro. I got you. But this ain't the time hey, or place. You, know you dig? I'm gonna be like, why are you talking that way, man? I was yeah, gifted with know. ism. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. That's what he, it is. You guys but, know the scene in Die Hard when they're in Nakatomi Plaza and the, the it's the a great Christmas movie, in. yes. Yes, and walks in, wants to talk to the bad guys. Like, baby, I know these guys. Let me talk. Yeah, to that's Aaron. Get, yeah, I can get John to come out. Don't worry. No, yeah, John, baby, come on. These yeah. guys, they they're good. You can come out and talk to them. They end up shooting the guy because he 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 thinks to know the lingo. The way Aaron well, does you know it what? though, he hits the Amer- he jumps out though. 
Aaron, Aaron doesn't stay that long. Like when they pulled the gun, he's like, oh, we don't need the guns, baby. This is radio, not TV. Aaron would have changed uh, yep. it up real quick and, and got super, excuse me, gentlemen. I believe there's been a mischaracterization of justice. I'll show myself out. Like he would, he doesn't get to the point. He's smart enough to know when I start staring at him, it's time to go, you know, because he's doing it because he's doing it just to, he does it to fuck with me is why he was doing it, you know, because for a while, like he was just basically, uh, if he was started wearing a beanie at work and shit, just trying to just trying I, to put I a smile on my I face. Cause that. at that time I was literally just the most bitter dude getting to do what he loved to do on the planet, which is crazy. If you think about it, like it didn't it was ma- a product of the culture though. We all were. Yeah. But so we he would, were. he would try to do things to pop me, you know, because if, uh, you know, cause my face, I always had a dirty look on my face. So, but, uh, you know, but that's what, that's what f- true friendship is. Is where you can you can joke with each other in a way that you know that most people, because they're you know they're so they're so caught up in their own bullshit that they realize that when somebody knows you so well that they can make fun of some of your cultural quirks, that means that they're a real friend because they know you, and that's and that's I think that's a big problem today, and that's the one thing in this retirement world that I miss the most is because I don't get those moments other than when we get together on this show, like in the locker room where we all go at each other all day. And if you just walked in there, you'd be like, wow, these guys are all racist and laughing their ass off at each other. No, we love each other. This is what fr- this is yep. what friends do, yep. especially men. Mm-hmm. It's the last locker room is the last place where men can be men and laugh and make fun of each other. And, and no one, yeah. you know, and no one is like, oh, I'm going to HR because this guy knows me so well that he slipped an orange soda in my bag. You know, like. You know, and then I'll slip mayonnaise in Aaron's bag. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, I. I ain't gonna lie. When Aaron first did that, I looked at him. I was like, "You sure this is good?" Like he was like, "Hey, we both it. enjoy it." Like that's, that's it's my a fun. We took like, we took uh, a moment that actually happened, and we made a joke out of it. And that's the beauty of when you grow above it. You know what I'm saying? Like even the premise and Jeezy, the the N word, right? That was something yeah. that was described to make us feel less than. So. Right. They, we weren't human beings. We were the N-word, right? So then what did we do? We turned it into a term of brotherhood. Yep. So we took the wretchedness of that word, and then we made it into a brotherhood. But we also made it to where only we, since we're the brothers, yeah. we can only use that. Then the problem right. was then we started using it the way it was used before. And that's why I don't say that. Like one of the things that Richard Pryor stand up, so I watch anyone who's uh, – when he talks about when he was in Hawaii and, that, and when he was in Africa and he never heard the, the word, the N-word, because it was none, and he was like, I'm not saying that anymore. I think you get to a point of wisdom where you're like, because there was a while, like that was every other word out of my mouth was that. And then yeah. it was almost like a comma, you know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> no, it, it was, you know? And, and then you just grow out of it and realize that you're just projecting wretchedness with a word that's dead. It has no meaning, and I'm keeping it alive. Because yeah, I say it so much, and then someone who wants to get at me, they say it, and then they got me. And then now I have an excuse to fuck them up instead of, like, I, I should – but I'm giving it to them because I'm saying it all the time. And then some poor guy who doesn't know how the world works will accidentally say it, not knowing any better, because he hears it every day in the locker room. Uh, and oh, then uh, Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, like, Freeman. Yeah, who's yeah. the dumbest son oh, of a bitch on two feet. <laughs> 
every time he speaks, he further highlights his I'm just going to say this. Inept- he got a six-month extension. And wrestling, that's three shows. <laughs> and went on the internet and called out the top guys in the company, a retired guy in the company, and still got four likes. Like, this dude just does – I don't know what's worse, his giant forehead or the fact that he has enough hair for a mohawk on a regular person but has spread it out to the top of that giant cranium which has nothing but fluid in it and no brains. Like, while you're doing all that, could you still – could you do a headlock takeover, please, without – Putting somebody in the hospital for six weeks, gonna sit there and he called he called Trevor out, which to me is the funniest thing in the world because Trevor doesn't mess with anyone. No, like Trevor will just be like, "All right, boss, <laughs> like, hey, I'm not working you, not my problem." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I forbid people. I said, Aaron, don't teach him no more. Like, don't. I'm tired of you coming back complaining about him not listening to the lesson. He's, he doesn't get it. He knows it all. Let it go. Like, move on from it. But now he wants to bring it up. So, Jeezy, I mean, I'm going to leave this ball. I'm going to let you handle it because you're going to be uh, – your, your your return to the NWA is the Tampa. Is that the first event or are you going to be there before? When's the next time we're going to see you in the NWA? January 13th in Fort Lauderdale for Paranoia. Then January 14th, TV taping, along with uh, having, a, having, a, uh, having a diatribe with, uh, with Aaron over there. We got some things. Hey, to hey, hey. You know what I mean? So yep. It's well, going to be good. No promises, know, but uh, I might have to get a ticket and see that because it is momentous. It is a great to come all the way back from the edge. You know, cancer is no laughing matter. Uh, and uh, mentally right. and physically, it was, you know, we, we thought for a while we were going to lose you there. Not from the cancer, just you had lost uh, you had lost your you started to lose your heart a little bit. You started getting depressed and down, and we yeah, had to, you know, yeah. I had to twist your arm to get you on the podcast. Would. And we refused yeah. to let you give into that darkness because it's not even just disease. Sometimes it's the depression that goes with it. And as an yeah, athlete, and, a, and as a proud man, as a father, and your way of taking care of your family is going out and performing every night. It is mm-hmm. like a like a, a bullet wound, you know, in terms of like, yeah. are you what are you going to do next? What's my next move? So. Um, it's a tremendous comeback, and if there was anything that would get me to come out of retirement for one or two more, it would be it would be to uh, walk that aisle with you one time. So that's the one thing I do regret. Um, walk, and I had my kids walk down the aisle with me, but there was still room for Jeezy. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. But make sure you everyone goes out there. The ticket's still available. You check it on nwatickets.com. Uh, you can check it out. Make sure you're there. It's going to be a big night. Maybe a special guest. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, yep. But keep doing your thing. And, fellas, uh, it's that time where I got to fly. So I got to go. Until uh, next time, for more podcasts like this, just like this, you can check us out at foxnewspodcast.com. This has been Trevor, Aaron, Jeezy, and myself, Tyrus. Enough said. Listen ad-free with Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.